Welcome, and uh, so good to have this time with you, because we know that God has ordained this moment, and you're not here watching online by accident, maybe sitting at work on a break while one of these services are playing. You may be laying in a hospital bed. You may be at home alone. But it is not an accident. God's perfect design set this all up so that you could hear a word, so you could be encouraged. And I'm believing that tonight, what God is sharing it to us, what he wants to speak to the body of Christ. I, in the last couple of weeks, uh, God began to deal with me about an area in scriptures that is not necessarily one of those scriptures that ministers love to go to. And don't you love it when God leads you to an area of the Bible and you're like, oh, are you sure this is you, God? I just, you know, let's think about this. Let's pray about this. And God says, Who's you pr- who are you praying to? I mean, you, you, you pray to me, and I'm telling you this is what I want you to do. And so uh, I, I know that God has something uh, special planned because it's a word. And it's a word that God's given to me as an evangelist to share to the body of Christ across America and even in other countries around the world, because we are all in this together. It is unprecedented in history that we would have a time that every country on this planet would be affected. It's usually isolated. You have natural catastrophes. You have earthquakes. You have uh, tsunamis. You have blizzards. You have tornadoes. You have a lot of different things that can happen. And a lot of countries are used to going through very hard times. And so God began to lay this message upon my heart to share to you as the body of Christ, because this is a transition time that we are transitioning out of a pandemic unprecedented moment in history and what that has done it is it has isolated us when we are isolated the enemy finds it much more easy to tempt us and to discourage us And the great thing about our God is, he said, I will never make you go through anything that I didn't go through. And so that's the good thing about this. And the actual scriptures of where I want to start is in Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, and while you're turning there, uh, is it's it's so good to to have this chance and opportunity 
to speak here tonight, and I can tell you that even if it's an evening that my wife got me out of the house, that's a good thing for her. As an evangelist for 24 hours, 24-7 for 24 years, uh, I'm not made to be at home long term. If I was a homebody, it would kill me to do what I do. I would always want to be staying home and to get on an airplane every week and travel someplace. Uh, So, uh, God's grace is the theme. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Uh, We all know. We've all had it. We all hit the wall over this season, trying to help your kids do homework that you have no clue what it is even talking about and using technology. I I mean, uh, all the things that uh, has shown us that we are all exposed because this one virus shut down the world. So if we thought that we had it made because we are here in America, or if we're in a first world country, we have found out very quickly that something as simple as a virus shut down the planet. And the great thing about those moments is then God gets to show how big he is. In Luke chapter 4, verse 1. And by the way, great reading for you. Just a recommendation. Just that passage right before of the beginning of chapter 4. Go ahead. I did it two weeks ago. I'm talking about the genealogy. It's powerful. It really is. Because if I mention to you the son of Kosam, you would have never thought that he was in the lineage of Jesus Christ. So there is powerful, powerful message in the genealogy in the Bible that all of us skip over. Or shall we put it like this way, we speed read. Oh, yeah, there's Adam. Yep, there's Noah. Yep, there's Abraham. Yep, there's Isaac, Judah. Jacob, David, yeah, okay, Jesus, got it. Uh, It's kind of like the funny story when we, Heather and I moved from Texas to Pennsylvania, my mom gave me a hard time because she was saying, son, why would you move so far away from your parents at this time in life when we're getting older? And I was a four-hour drive at that time from them. Now I'm four-hour plane trip from them. And she accused me of leaving a home country because everybody else in my family lives in Oklahoma. Like, everybody. And no joke, we did the, I did the DNA with... Uh, 
the Ancestry.com. Somebody was wanting to do it in the family, and I submitted my DNA, and only to find out that where we live right now, five minutes away from that place that we live, is a active church that's out in the middle of the countryside, out in the middle of nowhere. It's not in a town. But it started in 1721. It is still active today. The founding pastor is a blood relative on my mom's side. So, mom, come home. I didn't move away. I came home. Five minutes from home. Thank you. Genealogy matters. Luke chapter 4, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. Can I just pause right there? You, you, church, we, we got we to gotta personally pursue God and his Holy Spirit and find out in 2020, what does that mean for someone to be full of the Holy Spirit? Because that was the very foundation that Jesus was going to be able to face this most challenging time in his life. We have to be full of the Holy Spirit. Stephen was another moment in history that Stephen was described as a man full of the Holy Spirit, and he was the first Christian martyr. So he was willing to be stoned to death for the cause of Christ, and he was described as full of the Holy Spirit. Don't let somebody else tell you what that is. Don't let somebody else try to describe it for you. You go after God as an area in your prayer time. Let's find out what is full of the Holy Spirit because if it was important for Jesus to face what he was facing and if it was important for Stephen to be able to face what he was facing, then I don't think it's an option for me to be, get full. How many, how many knows when we're, you know, we now know all across our nation and even around the world over this time of the pandemic that grocery sales are not always full anymore. It's amazing. One part of giant the other day that I declared that I would die, I, I would never see in my lifetime the section of Campbell's soup empty. Huh? Like there is a lot of areas that I could imagine being wiped out in a pandemic, but Campbell's soup section was not one of them. Then I got to thinking, easy meals, casseroles are using Campbell's soups. And the other one was the pasta section. There are like 25,000 boxes and containers in every store of pasta, every kind of pasta you can imagine. It was wiped out. And we will never understand why there wasn't enough, enough toilet paper to go around. <laughs> we want to be charm and clean, okay? Uh, there are some things that, we have seen lately that have not been full, but God says we need to be full of the Holy Spirit. Right. He returned from 
the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the desert where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. Literally, the statement of all time. He hasn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights. And the author says, and he was hungry. Just in case you didn't know that, even Jesus gets hungry after not having food for 40 days and 40 nights. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of them, he was hungry. And we all know what happens next. The devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell the stone to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man does not live on bread alone. The devil led him up to a high place, showed him in, in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor, for it has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. So if you worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Um, I, let's just pray. Father, I think that we have this chance and this opportunity just to, to break out the bread of life. Lord, as uh, people are watching this in their homes, maybe they're watching it in a hotel room or a hospital bed or workplace. God, I just pray right now that through the power of the Holy Spirit that the anointing would grab a hold of their attention and you would speak a word into their lives. Because this is going to be a word of hope. It's going to be a word of overcoming. And so God, we are believing that you are going to be able to take this time in history and we're going to learn from it and we're going to come out stronger than we were before. We're going to come closer together than we've ever been before. We are going to be a stronger church than we've ever been before. We're going to have stronger relationships than we've ever had before. We're going to have stronger marriages than we've ever had before. We're going to be stronger connected to our children than we've ever had before because of what the enemy has intended for bad. God, you are able to turn it into something good. And so we declare that tonight. We declare this at this moment, whenever and wherever you're listening to this message, that God is in the business of taking the lies and the deception of the enemy and turning them around into something that will bring God all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. The, this, this season that we are in, this is a transition season. That's, that's a, it's a critical point that God was wanting to make to the body of Christ as we transition out of the pandemic time of isolation, being quarantined, 
And God brought me to this moment in time in history in which Jesus, he was, he was worn down, okay? He was weak. He, he, was, uh, he was as weak as any other person that went 40 days and 40 nights without eating. And it was a desert. So, in other words, this season that we have been in, it's not been easy. There's nothing been easy about it. Hundreds of thousands, maybe even over a million now have died around the world. I don't know what the final numbers, but I like a good friend of mine. He's a minister in Tennessee that, you know, every news agency and everybody wants to put up the numbers every day of of who has the COVID-19 and how many have died and how many new cases. Every day on his Facebook, he puts how many have gotten on the other side of it. They had it, and now they're well, have recovered. That's the number. And so uh, God is, is preparing us for this moment, and it was important for us to see this moment in history when Jesus comes out of that time, that frustrating time, that long time, that isolation, then that was the moment that Satan was standing right there. Satan is not going to miss an opportunity to mess up your transition back to church. Satan is not going to take a chance of not capitalizing on the fact that you are stressed because the bills are piling up, haven't been able to go to work, maybe you got laid off, maybe you've been furloughed. Maybe other things have been happening. People in your life that you love and you care about are facing COVID-19. They're in the hospital on a ventilator. The enemy is going to show up at those points and he's going to try to tempt us. And the key about that is, is if, if our desert time was a productive time, then that only means we got closer to God. So therefore, when we come out of that desert time, then the enemy can come along and say what he can say. He said, he tried to, he tried to convince Jesus of all the stuff that I'll give you. Satan didn't have those authority. He didn't create anything. All authority is in heaven and earth in the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you, whatever Satan is offering, it's a lie. It's a deception, and you will not get fed. He may say, Jesus turned this stone into bread because you're hungry, but I can assure you, if that was something that Jesus would have given into. It wouldn't have turned out the way that Satan was trying to make it. And I think what we have to realize is that God has been faithful. God has been faithful for you. He's been faithful for us. He's been faithful for us. And the key to that is in this transition time, it is a time that we have to decide, okay, God has brought us through. In fact, I just, my wife laughed when I was literally walking out of the house uh, an hour ago or whatever before I was coming here. And I, I, I just, I said, hey, 
I'm going to use this as an illustration of something that's happened in the last few weeks. And she, she laughed and she's like, yeah, I, I knew you would work that into some message. And, and some of you are going to know because I, I posted on Facebook about this. Um, I have had lots of time to do yard work over this. I, I've been not working since the third weekend of March. As an evangelist, you know, I, I can't travel, no, no churches. Thankfully, in the last uh, few weeks, we've uh, been adapting. And, uh, and, and two weeks ago, I, I spoke through Zoom, uh, did a Zoom service for a church in New York City. And then, uh, and then for Mother's Day, uh, recorded a message and spoke. And it was in, in Denton, Texas. Uh, so it was all virtual. I didn't travel, but uh, was able to minister in a couple other churches. And, and, and so uh, here we are, but I, I've done a lot of yard work over the last few weeks. And I was mowing the backyard, and our backyard, it, it, lo- it's, it doesn't look as big as it is, but it's really bigger than it seems. And you know that when you start mowing it. And if anybody ever feels like God's put a thought in your mind that you're supposed to Bless me with a riding lawnmower. That is God, okay? Listen and obey, okay? I'm just throwing that out there. Whoever you are, say yes. Just just say yes. God will honor that. Um, So I'm almost done, but this is the thing. This is the great thing about uh, my time mowing. It's not the only time I pray, okay? I want to clarify that. But when I'm mowing... I pray. It's one of my great times. I'm just mowing and I'm praying. I don't, I don't ever listen to music. I don't have headphones. I'm not li- other people. That's what they would do or they would just, you know, whatever to t- take their minds off this thing that we have to do now every week. And so I, I've often wondered because the, the sound of the lawnmower, uh, it, you know, people probably can't hear very well what is coming out of my mouth because there will be times I catch myself that I am praying in the Holy Spirit and I'm interceding and I'm intercessing and I'm just locked in, man. And I'm, I'm just mowing away and I'm praying and I'm just thanking God and I'm just praising God and there's no fences on either sides of us. I mean, every neighbor around us, every house behind us to the corner, everyone, nobody has a fence. So it's all wide open. And I'm almost done and I start hearing something over the sound of the lawnmower. I hear like, like a high-pitched uh, like cry, like a high-pitched whine or cry or something. I was like, okay, this was a used uh, push mower that someone uh, blessed us with. And so maybe it's in its last legs. But it was different. And so I, I literally turned it off. And then I could hear it. And I, I get down, and it's not a hole. It's, it's literally in the middle of our backyard. The backyard of our backyard has nothing in it but grass. There's no trees. There's no landscaping. There's no deck. There's no, it's all yard. It's not a hole. It's just a depressed area that I just mowed over and I heard this sound and so I turned the mower off and literally start pulling back this 
grass that has been cut, that has been covering whatever is making this sound. And what I discover is a rabbit, a mama rabbit, for what uh, unknown reason, in the middle of the backyard, no, nothing close to it, no, no shelter, no, no building, nothing in the middle of our backyard in a depressed area with some grass clippings laid on top. She had given birth to five bunnies. I didn't know they were bunnies at first. Because they were just born. Like, they were just no hair, just gray, eyes are all shut, and making the most pathetic cry. It just, like, just grabs you. And so, like, and I, I, I thought at first they were like mice. Well, I don't want a whole bunch of mice in my backyard and stuff. And then I posted a picture online. Everybody kept saying, oh, they're bunnies, bunnies. Put them back, put them back, put them back. Don't touch them. Mom would come back. And as ridiculous as my wife thinks I have been, those bunnies all of a sudden just became important to me. I love those bunnies. I pray for those bunnies every day because it's cold out there. The mama's not there. The mama, there's no room for the mama. I mean, it's in the middle of the backyard. It is a depressed area in the middle of all... There's no hole. There's no, there's no place for them to get in. The only reason they didn't die is because there was five of them, and they literally just were on top of each other just to get the heat. There was no hair on them whatsoever. They're completely hairless, eyes closed, crying the most pathetic cry. And a few times I would see mom. She'd be sitting over here in the neighbor's yard just looking, and, and I guess every night, the cover of darkness. She would come, feed them, and then leave during the day. And I'd tell this neighbor, oh, I want to see. And so I'd go back. I'd pull back, see? And, oh, that's so cute. Mother-in-law comes over. You want to see the bunnies? Yeah, let's see the bunnies. Day after day. Oh, they're getting bigger. Oh, they're so cute. I'm like taking pride in this and I'm not doing a thing. I may need a tissue for this. Didn't want that day to happen, but eventually they got strong enough, apparently. But one day, mama came and took them away in the night. I've never seen them since. Seen the mama. She's got them hidden someplace close by. But it struck me. Think about it, church. This time that we've been going through this pandemic, this desert moment in our lives, feels so overwhelming and exposed. And how are we going to survive as a nation? How are we going to survive financially? How are we going to survive as a business? How are we going to survive with their kids being home and we need to go to work and or we just opened a restaurant or you opened a brand new business or and God said 
I cared about five little bunnies that were just born, I think the night before. And you mowed over them. And they weren't nicked one bit, weren't injured any bit. I protected those five little bunnies completely in the middle of a yard where any cat, fox, coyote, we, I mean, we are surrounded by farmland. Took care of those five bunnies. Do you know what that reminds me of? Of the time back in Deuteronomy in the 8th chapter and the 6th chapter, it refers to the time that the children of Israel were in the desert. They got away from Egypt, and then they were out in the desert for 40 years because they, they just didn't have the faith to step into the promised land. So for 40 years, they wandered around this desert, okay? 40 nights for Jesus, 40 years for the children of Israel. And what did God have to remind them? I know it's been horrible. I know this has been so challenging. I know that you don't know where your support's going to come from. I don't, you may wonder where's the next paycheck? How are we going to make it? There's no food left in the pantry. And when you look there in Deuteronomy chapter 8, God reminds them, He said, you never even wore out one set of your clothes. You didn't even need another set of clothes. Your one pair of sandals that you walked into that desert never had to be replaced. And even in a desert for 40 years you walked, not once did your feet swell. Well, that's a miracle for him because I now am in my time of my life flying so much that my feet swell. And that is just so gross. I am wearing those compression things, you know, that now on the planes and stuff because you can get pulmonary embolisms and all that crazy stuff. And God said, gave you manna. And I gave you quail. And I did all these things, so I want to let you know that you're going to look back on this season, and you're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And it's not going to be based upon the government. It's not going to be based upon your employer. It's not going to be based upon anything else. Because I don't know if you're like us, we still haven't seen the stimulus check. I don't even know if it's true. And if you got yours, don't tell me. I don't want to hear it. No, I'm happy for you. God bless you. Riding lawnmower. What was that? Uh, We have got to realize that God takes care of his children. I haven't. I feel like I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's okay for me to share. Because up to this point, 
what God told me. And I wasn't even asking. At the very start of the pandemic, when the pastors started calling me, having to cancel, 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 cancel. So for two solid months, no traveling, no offerings, no income, at the very beginning of this pandemic, God told me one thing. I don't want you ever to mention that you're not going to be able to work this entire time. I don't want you to put it on Facebook. I don't want you to make a post about it. I don't want you to tell anybody about it. I don't want you to talk about it. I don't want you to say anything about it. And if I've ever had something that came directly from God that gave me such incredible peace as that did, I can't even imagine what it was because it was, the, it was amazing how God just spoke into my life and he said, hey, this is what I want you to do so I can show you I am who I say that I am. That I am your provider and a, a church is not your provider and an individual is not your provider and, and getting on an airplane and going speaking for someone, is that's not your provision. I'm your provision. And can I tell you for the last two months, supernaturally, Checks coming, offerings coming from people that have never supported us. Churches just out of the blue. Pastors texting me, only thing they put in, what's your address? I mean, day I am getting chill bumps on top of my chill bumps up here. I don't know if you're feeling that through the internet right now, but... I'm telling you, it has been nothing but an incredible, amazing miracle. No, we haven't got our tax refund. We haven't got our coronavirus uh, relief check. And we well qualify, if you're wondering, okay? Uh, we're, we're well underneath that $198,000 for uh, a husband and wife. I, I know most of you, that's, you know, you didn't qualify because you make more than that. But... Uh, God has been amazing. He has been so faithful. He has been able to do exceedingly, abundantly, be of all that we could ever ask or think. And when we go through these desert moments in our lives, it is so important that we don't allow the fact that we survived the 40 years, we survived the 40 days, we survived the pandemic only to get out of it to be destroyed. Jesus, 40 days and 40 nights, and the very moment he gets out of this 40 days of fast and isolation, Satan right there. There will be temptations. The enemy will try, he will try to go back to what has been always a weak area of your life. He will try to get you to focus on what didn't happen, happen right, what, what's not going right, what all went wrong, but God wants to remind you, I brought you through. I did not bring you through for you to then be destroyed. So it's very important that right now in this transition time, and this was the other thing that God was saying. What are you hungry for? I read it to you. Jesus was hungry. 
And we're laughing because, hello, he hasn't eaten in 40 days and 40 nights, and he's been in a desert. We have went through unprecedented situation in our lives over these last couple of months and many more months to come before we may never get back to what we consider normal. But this transition time out and back in to our jobs, into our, 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 our families, into relationships, and most importantly, into church, what are you coming out of this time hungry for? Because there's so many people, oh, I've missed being able to go to the movie theater. Oh, I've missed going out to restaurants and can't wait for this restaurant to open up. I can't wait for that food. They, they, they want to go to the mall. They want to need some shopping therapy. Uh, you know, I, 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 I want to go to a ball game. I, I just want a baseball game. It's, it's, it's getting summertime. I'm, I'm hungry for... What are we hungry for, church? We had better be hungry for the things of God. We had better be hungry to say, I don't care if restaurants don't open up, if my church is opening back up where I can go and be there, then that is what I'm hungry for because God has sustained me. He's brought me through and I'm pressing in and it did not destroy us. It did not take us down and we will press through. And so my question to you right now is, what are you hungry for? Because that should be what is being asked of what your transition time is going to look like. Jesus' transition time was Satan taking him up to the high places and saying, if you'll just bow down before me, I'll give you everything. Be careful. This is a critical point. So many times we survived the 40 years Never wearing out a pair of sandals, but yet we perish. As we all saw, people are, are struggling. Suicide rates are up. Child abuse rates are up. People going back on drugs and alcohol and the things the dark places. We even saw where another pastor out at a gun range with a friend sticks the gun up to his head and pulls the trigger and kills himself in front of a friend at a fire in the last few weeks. And the challenge to you tonight Pastor, you're listening right now on the internet. Find someone that you can talk to because you're not alone. That person that you thought, wouldn't it be great if we could just spend more time together? Maybe that would save my marriage but this time was only chaos. God loves you. 
He's got hope for you. And he wants to bring you through the transition just like he brought you through the pandemic. When we realize that the world is watching, what are we going to lead? President Trump today, special press conference to declare to the governors of all the states, open the churches. It is a requirement. They provide services that are required. If there's ever been something that is one of the most powerful statements that a president could ever say, is when a president would recognize and say that our churches provide something that nobody else in no other situation can. And as we start coming back into our churches and we start seeing one another again, let's not stay isolated. Let's invest in one another. Let's find one another. Let's encourage one another. Let's pray for one another. Encourage us so that we can truly stand there and say, Satan, go ahead. It's not going to work here. It's not going to work. You're not going to destroy my kid. You're not going to destroy my marriage. You're not going to destroy He's our source. Father, I thank you and I praise you, Lord, that we have this chance. God, wherever, whenever, whomever, here's this message. God, may it be the, the message that, that they needed to hear. Because it's so easy to begin to believe the lie that when we are in an isolation, that we're the only ones hurting, we're the only ones desperate, we're the only ones that don't know how we're going to pay the bills or how we're going to do it or how we're going to get our business back up or how we're going to be able to reopen But God, you took care of millions of the children of Israel walking around a desert for 40 years and they did not wear out one pair of sandals. They did not need another pair of clothes. They had food brought to them every day. They knew that God was with them a pillar of fire by night to lead them and a cloud by day. Oh God, may in this time of transition, Lord, as we see in this moment of transition where Jesus, you were in the desert for 40 years. I mean, 40 days, 40 nights. You were tempted 
Lord, there's not one person over the last two months going through this pandemic that the enemy hasn't tried to come in and beat us down and tempt us, tempt us to give up, tempt us give up on God, give up on the church, give up on our relationship, give up on our marriage, give up on our kids, give up on life. But God, the, the example that you showed us, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I pray for that person right now. Come on, right now, you may be sitting at your desk at work, you may be sitting on your couch, maybe in a recliner, maybe you're in a hospital bed, you're even fighting the disease of the coronavirus. We're asking right now, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through the power of Jesus Christ to heal, to provide, to touch. God, I speak to that person right now and you know who they are. And right now, you're going to shut out all the distraction, any other distraction that is going on around them so they can key in and hear this one prayer that Satan is trying to tempt them into taking their life because it's just too much and they cannot bear the weight. Lord, right now, I pray for supernatural favor. I pray for supernatural life. I pray for supernatural presence of God. Speak into them, Lord, right now. That person right now that is sitting in their home and they never went to church and they just happened to come across this because somebody shared this on their Facebook and they clicked on it and maybe they didn't hear anything else, but they click on this spot right here, right now, and they don't know Jesus and they've never served Jesus. God, right now, reach them with your love. Draw them by your Holy Spirit. You can right now just bow down wherever you are. If you have to pull over to the side of the road, if you have to stop something, you have to turn the TV off, you have to do something, go to a room by yourself, it's not too late. God loves you. You made it through. Now, don't let the enemy and don't let the flesh destroy you. What God has provided. He brought you through the 40 nights. He brought you through the 40 years. But it's the transition time that is so important that we figure out, what am I hungry for? What have I missed the most? The things of the flesh? Going to a movie, going to the mall, going to a restaurant? Or do I hunger the most? Getting back in the house of God and going after God and getting in worship services and getting in the altar and getting into times with other Christians to build our faith. Speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen.